Thank you for listening to the weekly messages of New Providence Primitive Baptist Church. To subscribe to our podcast, hear other messages, or learn more about us, please visit nppbc.com. chapter number 3 Revelations chapter number 3 um, appreciate the Lord thank God for the moving of his hand today I don't know your heart but I know this if you've got a need he's the answer to that need especially if it's a need of the heart now there's some things that we can do for ourselves down here uh, and there's an expectation that whatever we can do we do uh, We've been given of God certain direction and, and abilities, and so do what you can do. But listen, there's some things that you need that you can't do, and those are the things that God wants to do in you. Those are the things of the heart. So I pray that you'll be open to the Word of God this morning. Revelations chapter number 3, just going to read a few verses, verse number 19. Revelations 3, verse number 19. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my Father in his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Father, thank you for your word. I pray for the unction of God to share this simple message to the hearts of those that would hear it as you've shared it with me. We bless you for it and we pray for the power that's in it. Loose it among us. It alone saves, and we trust you for it. Help that soul that's on the verge, that's on the very edge, God, of deciding, yielding, allowing the Holy Spirit to change their life today. May this be the day. We trust you in this as we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. There were seven churches that the Apostle Paul I mean, John had to write too, as God had spoken unto him. God giving messages for each one of them. And as we get to the last church, the Laodicean church, we hear him say, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment that thou mayest be clothed, that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eye thou that thou mayest see. His word to them was that they said they were all right, but they weren't all right. They weren't ready. They weren't prepared. They weren't right with God. And so there's a certainly a, a compelling invitation in the word alone that we need to get right with God. But I want to share a thought with you that he gave me as I was preaching on uh, a few weeks ago the message, Jesus is able. Jesus is able. Um, there was an, another thought that stuck to my heart as I was preaching that one. I, I was, it was just like the Holy Spirit was kind of showing it and then pulling it back. And as soon as 
uh, the message was over, he began to bring it and reveal to me some things that we need to know. But Jesus is able today to heal. He's able to uh, save. He's able to forgive of sins. And Amen. he's able to raise from the dead. Uh, according to the word of God, there's nothing that he cannot do. Uh, with God, all things are possible. And I'm talking about things that no one else is able to do. God is able to do them. God is able to do them. But the important thing for us today is not just that God is able to do it, but is He willing to do it? You see, I may have a need today of a certain amount of money, and you may have that amount of money. That makes you able to help me. There's a difference between being just able to help and being willing to help. The thought today is simple. God is not only able, but he is willing. Aren't you glad for that? He is willing to help us. There have been numerous times in my life that I didn't know what to do next. I didn't know sometimes which way was up, it seemed. God was always able to help me, but I'm so glad he was willing to help me. It's our faith that produces that simple growing of our soul that says God is able to do anything, that there is nothing too hard for God, that there is a sweetness that comes when we realize in our spirit that he is willing. He is willing. (laughs) The old song says, there's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. He has not only been able to help me all of my life, but he has been willing. And he has done what no one else could do. I want to share with you quickly this morning the same four things that we preached on before. Jesus is able, but I want to suggest to you today that Jesus is also willing. Number one, Jesus is willing to heal you. There's a lot we've already heard the sister state today. She's comfortable in believing that God's left her in that condition for a purpose. There's many times he does and he will. But I want to know in my heart that he's willing to help. You know, prayer doesn't mean a whole lot if we don't pray to somebody we believe is willing to help us. Our prayers would have very little uh, little to do with our own faith if we would simply believe and know that he's able to do it. But when I pray, I'm expecting him to do his will. That his will, that he is willing to help me, not just to hear my prayer, not just to be able to do the things that I pray, but I expect when I pray. And that's what brings the hope in prayer and and the, the encouragement of our prayer is to know that in all of these things, he is also willing. Now, when we pray, we pray that his will be done because obviously he knows better than we do. 
Sometimes we pray for things that simply we desire of our heart and there's nothing wrong with praying those things as long as we're careful to say, but not my will, thine be done. Because I can assure you of this, it's not what you want that matters the most. It's what he knows and is willing to do in your life. Now, listen, as we think about this, there were multiple examples in the Word of God of where the Lamb of God came through at just the right time and somebody was in uh, such a desperate need. But friend, not only was he able to heal them of their afflictions, heal them of their troubles, but friend, it said that he was willing to do that. He was willing to do it. We find in the book of Matthew, the Bible said in the book of Matthew chapter number one, and there came a leper to him beseeching him and kneeling down to him saying unto him, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand and touched him and said unto him, I will be thou clean. (laughs) That's the only one I want to use today. I could have used, uh, there ain't no telling how many dozens in the word of God we find when Jesus showed up and someone came to him. He was certainly able. That's the reason they came. And yet what we find is that he was willing. He was willing in all of these circumstances to help them. What we find in the word of God is that if if a person is is overcome of an affliction, if you do have a sickness, the Bible said in the book of James, he said, uh, you're able to pray unto God and believe that he will heal you, that the prayer of faith can heal the sick, and he still heals sick people today. Amen. We heard the testimony this morning. Sister Tish read it to us. We heard of the young lady who was in dire conditions overnight, and many of were praying that God would intervene in her life, praying that God would do some form of miracle. And friend, he's not only able to do that, he's willing to do it. I'm glad, friend, that God is willing to heal. He's willing to heal. But when we think about healing, friend, there's another kind of healing that I need. It's not always the physical that needs the healing. There are times that the flesh is just going to hurt. That's the nature of it. There are times in the flesh that, friend, there are things that you're just going to have to bear and go through. But there was one day he did a healing with a sickness I had. My friend, he did something in my heart that nobody else could do. He diagnosed me perfectly and he had the remedy that would cleanse my soul of the sin and the infection that had been brought into it. And brother, he can help you today. Some of you are here listening. You're on the edge of faith this morning. You recognize in your mind, uh, you recognize in your thinking that Jesus Christ is who he is. Uh, you You've allowed your heart to believe uh, that there is a God and that his son did come and brother that he did die on a cross but I want you to know today he's more than just able to help you. He's willing to help you today and the sin problem you have. He's willing. You say willing? Well the leper found out. Oh I like how the leper came to him. The Bible said he fell down in front of him. And he worshiped him. And he said to the Lord, he said, if you will. You know what that meant? That meant he already believed he was able. 
He already believed he was able. He knew before he ever knelt down before the Lamb of God that he was able to help him or he'd have never bowed. His question was not, are you able? His question was, will you? Will you heal me? Will you make me clean? And when he bowed down before the Lord, he said, I know you're able. He said, but I'm asking, will you make me clean? If you will, I know you can. The Bible said Jesus moved with compassion. He just said to him two words. <laughs> I asked you a simple question one day. Would you save me? I will. <laughs> I'm glad to report to you today that he's no respecter of persons. What he done for that man that day, he's done for me many times. And brother, he will do it for you today. How come? Because the Lord is willing. The Lord is willing. Well, there's a whole lot of reasons that he is willing, but I want to focus on the fact that he is willing. But let me at least say this part. The reason that he's so willing is because he loves you today. I'm willing to do about anything it would take for my family, right? As many of you would too. You'd die in a minute for your wife or your children. You'd put yourself in harm's right way and you wouldn't think twice about it. How come? Because you're willing. You're not just able. You're willing to put yourself in a position to protect them that you love and you care for. May I say to you today that I've got a Father who's perfect and He's heavenly. He is holy and He is righteous. And brother, there's none like Him. I worship Him. But I want you to know how great He is. He's all powerful in heaven and earth. He's the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. Brother, there's none like Him and none that'll stand before Him. But hey, thanks be to God that he was willing to help me one day. He's willing to help you. <laughs> he's willing to heal you. But not only is he willing to heal you, he's willing to forgive you of sin. I'll tell you right now, there's a lot of things that people can do for me. As a matter of fact, some people put a lot of stock in doctors, and I realize uh, God's, God's put them in a position where they can help other people, and that's a good thing. But I'll tell you right now, a doctor can't heal you of everything. As a matter of fact, if God don't want you healed, you won't be. I don't care what they give you. They can't fix what's wrong with you unless God's involved. I believe that. I believe God ultimately is the great physician. That's what the Bible said. We need we need to take the credit away from Him. He's still the one that heals. Amen. Even if I went to the doctor and they gave me something and it helped me, I'm going to still give God the glory for it. Amen. I'm going to thank God. I'm going to thank God because I believe that he's the healer. But there was something that happened to my soul one day that nobody could get to. There wasn't anybody could diagnose it. There wasn't anybody could understand the depth of the problem. They couldn't understand how it started or how it ended or how to cure that intention. But I'll tell you right now, if you're without God today, you've got a problem in the heart. You've got a sin problem, friend. That's what separated you from God is your sin. Listen, it ain't the fact that God's hand is shoot too short. Isaiah said his hand ain't too short. It ain't that his ear can't hear you. Isaiah said his ear ain't that it can't hear you. The problem is that your sin has what separated you from God. You've got a sin problem. But I've got some good news for you today. Amen. He can help you with that. And he's willing to. He's willing to help you. We find they drug an old boy. Four of his buddies grabbed the corner of a bed and they carried the boy to a house where Jesus was. You know what they wanted? They, they knew he was able and they wanted to get him down in front of Jesus 
knowing or believing that he might be willing to heal the man. Now, I like what happened. I love this. I like what happened. The Bible said when they got to the house, it was so full they couldn't get in, so they tore the roof off of it, and they began to lower their buddy down, <laughs> down to the roof. I believe they spied Jesus down in there and said, that's where we want him, and they began to lower him right down. They laid the old boy right in front of Jesus. I like what Jesus said. He looked at him. He said, son, he said, thy sins be forgiven thee. You say, well, I thought they took him to get healed. They did. But I'll tell you, right now. He don't only want to just heal you. He wants to forgive you of your sins. He wants to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Brother, you've got an advocate with the Father, which is Jesus Christ the righteous, and He's willing to help you today. You won't blame God when you get there. No, if you die lost, you won't have an excuse nor blame God for anything. He has been willing the whole time to have to solve your sin problem. Yeah. He didn't say be healed. No, not at that point. He looked at the man. He said, by sins be forgiven thee. Oh, I tore him up. Everybody that was in the room that day, they began to murmur. They began to think to themselves, well, nobody can forgive sin but God. What they didn't know was God was sitting right there. That was God. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen him. He said, me and him, we are one. Amen. All three are one. I want you to know today that the Lamb of God is willing to help you. You've got a problem and you know it's real. You know that sin has possessed your heart and you know that it lives and it abides in you and that that sin has separated you from God. the very thing that we read to you from Revelations. He said, if any man will open the door, what did he say? I will. Was you wondering? There's your answer. He said, I will come in and sup with him and he with me. You got a problem? He said, I will help you. Now we know what His will is. His will in these things is that we be forgiven of our sin. That old boy that they brought down to Him, He was paralyzed with the palsy, couldn't walk, couldn't, couldn't do for Himself. He had a terrible issue. And yet what Jesus identified greater in the young man was that He had sin that needed to be dealt with. Listen, if I died a paraplegic, it wouldn't make no difference. What matters to me is that a soul not clean by God. That the sins are forgiven me. Well, I can about guarantee you that something will take me out of this world. God tells you, He's coming. Something will take me out of here. Amen. And I don't know what it might be. I'm just going to speculate. It could be something like a heart disease or cancer or something like that. Even if I was died of old ages, may put on a death certificate, died of natural causes. Let me tell you something. Anything happened down here, it's natural cause. Amen. Because from the time you were born in the flesh, death has been on your trail. It's been hunting you down and it will find you one day. The good news is, is that Jesus has overcome death and he's willing today to give you some life. He's willing. Yeah. He's willing. Do you know the biggest lie the devil ever told anybody is God won't help you. That's a lie. That's right. That's a lie. He helped you, didn't he? He sure did. He'll help you just like he helped me. He don't love me the more than he does. 
What about that? He will help you. I'm telling you right now. You say to yourself, the devil's told you for years that he can't help you. You'd sit on that bench and you've wondered, I wonder if he can help me. I wonder if he can fix what's wrong with me. I don't know what to do with my sin. I'm trying to give you some help today. He will help you if you'll come to him. Yeah, he said... He said to that old boy, he said, thy sins be forgiven thee. I tore them all up. They didn't know what to do with that. Jesus knowing their hearts, he said to him, hey, hey, hey. He said, you think it's, it's, you think it's more powerful for me to heal this man of, of, of his palsy or to forgive him of sins? Which of those two is the greatest miracle? <laughs> they need one of them two things you can do. You can't heal him of his palsy and you can't forgive him of sin. Both of those are impossibilities for you. He said, but I just started with the one that he needed the most. He needed some sin that with him. He said, your sins are forgiven. You know what, if I was that old boy, I'd have laid there smiling. Amen. He might not have been able to raise his heart. I believe when he heard thy sins are forgiven, there's something in him saying, yeah, I like being forgiven. Oh, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Because there was a day that he was willing willing to deal with my embarrassing, humiliating, shameful sin. You say, how do you know? Well, let's look at that thing up on the wall for just a second. The Bible said, oh, the Bible said that he took upon himself the form of a servant and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Why? Because he's willing. Huh? If there was anybody ever willing, you see, to be truly willing, you've got to prove that willingness. That willingness is tested in what you do. I want you to know today that the greatest thing that could ever be done for your soul, Jesus was willing to do and proved His willingness by hanging on the cross for you. If you go to hell today, it will not be because He was unwilling to save you. The one thing no one, no one will say at judgment is, but. Now, according to the Bible, you'll say amen to your own condemnation. Why? Because you know. You know that in this all, he was willing. You go to hell, you'll go knowing he was willing to keep me out. Huh? Amen. Will to save you from hell. Say, is that is that Bible? Well, the Bible said God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever will believe in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. Thank God. See, God's willing today. You go to hell. It won't be because God wasn't willing to save you from it. Now, you can be stubborn and prideful and, and, and selfish and sinful, and you can die in your sin, and you will go to hell. 
It won't be at the call, it won't be at the blame of the Father nor the Son or the Holy Spirit because they have already made it clear. They are willing yes. to help you. Amen. You understand that? You are desperate for help today. You are going to die. Amen. But what happens to you when you die? Praise the Lord. Do not have to go to hell. Why? Because He's willing to forgive you of your sin. Not only is He willing to forgive of sin, He's willing to save. He's willing to save you. He's willing to save you. I love what happened to the Philippian jailer when old Paul and Silas got set free. Amen. They got set free, but they kept standing in the cell. They got the, all the bars were open and the stocks had fell off, but they were still standing around there. And you know what happened? The old Philippian jailer seeing the condition he was in, the Bible said he sprang in there, called for a light, fell down at their feet, and he had just one question. He said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? I want to know today, have you got to that place in your life? I hope you have. Amen. I hope you got lost today. I hope you found yourself this morning when you woke up desperately, perilously lost. I hope you found yourself. Come, brother, the day you get lost can be the day you get saved. That's right. He said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And you know what Paul had the confidence to say? He said, believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. He said, by the way, and your house, if they believe, you can all be saved. How come? Read it. Romans 10, 13. The Bible said, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Why? I heard you say <laughs> What are you saying? He will. He will. Hey, you know, because he did. Because he did. Because you ain't no better than me, and I ain't no better than you, and he don't love one of us greater than the other. The Bible said that it's not his will that any man should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's his will. That's his will. Is that you be saved. The only reason you ain't come back today is because some of you ain't ready yet. Right. The only reason he ain't coming up. He's waiting on you. He's waiting on some of you. You know why? Because he loves you. Yeah. And he's not willing to end this thing. That's right. that's good of you. Can you imagine they might be one soul sad, but he's waiting on because he's not willing. He's not willing that they die of that. He's not willing. So he holds back his goodness. He holds back everything he said is going to happen. He's holding it back. Nothing can happen until he says so. He's holding it back and he's holding it back. And one more Sunday, he held it back so you can be saved. Because he's not willing. That any should die, but that all should come to repentance. He wants you to be saved today. He's willing. He's willing to save your soul. Let me close with this. He won't leave me. 
He won't leave me. Death is coming. We, we went to the graveside many times in 2023. And we wept many tears for people that we loved dearly. But they are now gone from us. But I have the hope in many of them in knowing that that ain't the last time I'm going to get to see them. How do you know, preacher? Because the Bible said to be absent from this body for me is to be present with the Lord. Now, for the sinner, for the ungodly today, to those who have rejected Christ and not believed yet, to them there is a different end. Your soul will live on, but it will not live in His presence. You will live eternally separated. And according to the Bible, the very instant the rich man died, it said, in hell, he lifted up his eyes, being in torments. But that's not God's will for you. As a matter of fact, the Bible said concerning hell that it wasn't His will to put you in there. But that hell was created for the devil and his angels. But hell enlarges itself every day because those that have to be put in there weren't supposed to go. That's right. Amen. So it enlarges itself every day as they pass as unbelievers from this world into that torment. Hell enlarges itself because it was not his will. They die from that. Come get a song. Say, preacher, how do you know that it's really God's will to raise you from the dead? Well, primarily because we have a book. And that book tells us so. That book reveals unto us the glorious truth concerning death and resurrection. You say, what is God's will concerning his people and resurrection? Well, according to the Bible, there's a day coming that though my old body, they'll bury it out there in the grave somewhere if God carries his coming. They'll bury it out there. My soul is going to go on to be with him. But according to the book of Thessalonians, Paul told the church, he said, listen, he said, I'm going to give you something to give you some hope tonight. Because you don't need to sorrow as those without hope. We don't. Because we have hope today. Hope in what? Hope in this. That God is going to change what was planted out there in the ground. Paul would tell them in 1 Corinthians 15. He said that which was corruptible, they planted it. But one day, he's going to raise it incorruptible. It was laid down mortal. It will be raised immortal. I want you to know it was laid down carnal. And it will be raised spiritual. God! Body one day. Amen. 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 Why? Because that's his will. That's his will for us. They get wore out, don't they? This is his will for us. Not that your flesh go to heaven. By the way, your flesh can't stand it in heaven. It wouldn't make it not a split second in the presence of God in his glory. Your flesh just felt right on the spot. No, what has to happen to your flesh is it has to be changed. 
from that which is earthly. Right? Strike a match to me, and I'll tell you right now, it'll burn. He's going to change it from what is earthly to something that is heaven. It'll be good. That's an understatement. <laughs> it'll be real good. We're going to have a body that never wears out. Never sleeped, never hungry. Uh, it'll be perfect, finally. It'll be perfect. But it won't be an earthly body, it'll be a heavenly one. Fashioned like the Son of God. How do you know? Because the Bible tells us so. The Apostle Paul said it like this He said, We don't yet know what we shall be, but we know. That when he shall appear, we shall be like him. Why? That's his will. God's willing today to heal you. He's willing to forgive you of sin. He's willing to save your soul. He's willing to raise you from the dead. Everybody believe that? The Bible tells us all of those things. We certainly didn't exhaust the scripture. Well, we've got a book full of promises that God's made for us. And all of them, hear me now, all of them say, you're living without God today? Let me tell you who's following me. That's right. You're living in the consequences of sin. Brother, sin has...
Would you come? We're going to pray. Would you come? Go ahead and say it. 